There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 537. I'm in New York for like a day. And it's late at night because I'm on L.A. time. So I'm not talking as loudly because I'm sure that whoever's in the room next to me does not want to hear me record the intro for the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, Not because I'm sure they don't love it, because they don't want it to be spoiled before they get to choose to hear it. That's that's probably what it'll be. Uh, You'll just have to wait. People who I think were having sex earlier or just bouncing up and down on the bed for fun. Um... I'd like to thank for sponsoring this episode of Nerdist Podcast, NatureBox, which is a subscription snack service starting at $19.95 a month, where you can discover and enjoy healthy, delicious snacks on a monthly basis. And they deliver them right to your doorstep for free. That's almost into your mouth. Each bag of snacks is full size. It's got three to five servings of snacks within it. Um, They're healthy snacks. There's no high fructose corn syrup. There's no trans fats. There's no artificial sweeteners or flavors. Um, Some of the snacks you can get, uh, you can get uh, coffee kettle popcorn or seaweed rice pops or whole wheat figgy bars. Um, If you go to naturebox.com slash Nerdist, which is in lowercase, uh, you're going to get 50% off your first box. It's only 10 bucks for your first box. And then you'll be hooked. So go to naturebox.com slash Nerdist for 50% off your first box. Thanks for Naturebox for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, which is Ralph Garman. Um, Ralph and I go way, way, way back to the K-Rock days. Uh, I worked at K-Rock in the 1900s, so I've known Ralph forever. And uh, Ralph, as I'm sure you know, does Hollywood Babylon with Kevin Smith. Uh, they do that live at the Hollywood Improv. If you go to improv.com, you can get dates and tickets and uh, follow Ralph Garman, R-A-L-P-H-G-A-R-M-A-N, uh, on the tweets. Here's another podcast number 537 with my old pal Ralph Garman. Now entering Nerdist.com. Poor Ralph Garman does not deserve to wait this long to start a podcast. I am... Outraged at myself, Ralph. You, uh, as, you, as you should be, I because could. frankly, um, my, you'll be hearing from my people. What? Which yes. people? I, you know, the people. Like lawyers or representatives, or like you actually have an indigenous people? All of them, yeah. I, I have a little uh, island that I've been raising people, and I'm going to bring them to meet you. The lawyers? of uh, mm-hmm. island of lawyers? <laughs> um, welcome, to, welcome to the podcast. This is an amazing podcast mashup podcast. Yes, this is. This is like... Uh, 
this is like a superhero team up. One of those comic books where like, there's a crossover between. Now, two. would you say that this is like a DC Marvel crossover? Or would you say this is like within the same like we're within the Marvel universe? We're crossing over. I characters. think it's. I think it's a big one. I think it's like DC Marvel. It's like Avengers meets X Men kind of, or Justice <laughs> League kind of thing. So. <laughs> They just meet. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, how are you, you got crazy powers too? Yeah, me too. Right, we'll sit down and have coffee. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll see you guys later. Um, Ralph, I don't know if a lot of people know that Ralph and I have known each other since the, the K-Rock. Well, you're still in the K-Rock days. Yes, yeah, I, I never got out. You, you made a break for it. You got over the wall and uh, I am still stuck behind the Iron Curtain. <laughs> well, I think I was sort of, uh, for me with K-Rock, it was... It was sort of like, you can stay here, but you're going to work the overnight shift forever. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I can stay up That's all night anymore. Yeah, no, I guess we really good. got to know each other when you were working with Cortland, when you guys had your own show. That's right. Uh, Cortland Cox, who had been a producer. The number on, one morning show. <laughs> that's what we called it. <laughs> yes, you did. Well, initially, it was the untitled Hardwick Cox project. That's right. For yeah. like a, a, almost a year. And then the jokes got unbearable. And then it, then it got unbearable. <laughs> all the penis jokes just so ran their route. So many of them. Uh, we had a porn star come in, and I can't remember what her name was, um, but we had her record some station IDs for us, and she could not say Hardwick Cox Project. She kept saying, you're listening to the Untitled Hardwick Cox Project. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what she was working on at the time, so she got confused. It's her original dialect, Chris. She can't help it. <laughs> but it happened, like, it, it happened more than once, and it was, I mean, and we just let it go. Like, yeah. it, finally, the spy ended up being going... It's actually Cox. And she was like, Cox Project. Um, but she's in a room with Hardwick and Cox. I know. It's the first time her name has ever been the most reasonable one in any room ever. But and she was like Lana Labia or something. And she actually had a normal name. It's a very clinical porn name. Yeah, I was going to say. She was a smart girl. I'm Felicia Fouchette. <laughs> Vanessa Volva. I am G- uh, Gilda G Spot. G- Gilda Spot. My name is Gilda Spot. The G's for Gilda. Good. I'm glad I worked that out. Oh, yeah, loud. Um, but uh, then we start. Then when at a certain point we started calling it the number. And this was the '98. At a certain point we started calling it the number one morning show because it occurred to us that um, no one really had to fact check that. That's and right. It was just a name. So then we called it the number one morning show, and people That's would call right. in and go, "Congratulations, man!" And like, we go, "Oh no, 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 no! no. We're, doing, we're way in last place." <laughs> not, I mean, not just like not just behind. I mean, our competition was like. You know, if there had been like a Korean bingo radio station, like we would have been in competition with that. Like Y one oh seven. A specific station. <laughs> well, there was a there was a Korean station like group like up the hill from us where we recorded in I mean where we did the show in Pasadena. Oh okay. So uh, we always assumed that they would take us over. But the Latino groups got us. That's right, as they as they do. Yep. Well, it's Los Angeles, you know. They they have a lion's share of the market. I could not help but notice your radio station is going down. <laughs> I cannot help it. We, can. we have a suitcase full of twenty dollar bills for you. <laughs> we may offer you solace, my friend. Do not mind the cocaine that is on them. <laughs> so we uh, we uh, yeah, I, I got out and then um, then they stuck around for a little bit longer and, yeah. and that was that. But and then we buried you. <laughs> <laughs> K Rock crushed you. K-Rug cru- upstart alternative stations. K-Rug crushes everyone. I mean, it's it's sort of, uh, you know, it's it, every once in a while a new format will pop up in Los Angeles and then just... Yeah, 98.7 got taken out. They lasted a little bit. Already? They're still around. No, 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 but uh, they, they're not hard rock anymore. They're alt rock. 
Yes. So it's like softer. It's it's just they're not they didn't they're not. That's kind of like K rock is now too. I mean, nobody's really hard rock anymore. No, no, but like there is. It's a it's like not aggressive at all. There's no it's there's no stuff that even like leans towards punk. Like they don't. They, like I haven't heard any like social distortion, for example. Oh really? Which is K rock's baby. Oh yes. Yeah. Without them and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, we'd have no music at all. <laughs> well, you got Green Day. <laughs> That's true. We have uh, Green Day. You got the Green Day and the Beastie Boys. You got the drama rama. You got the drama rama. Anything, anything. <laughs> you can hear that. Every morning, most <laughs> requested song of all time. Thanks, Rodney. The other Chris Carter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. How how long is Rodney's show now? Is it like uh, is it like five minutes? Uh, at, um, <laughs> Rodney Rodney Bingenheimer, the legend, yeah. the, the legendary mayor of Sunset Strip. Yeah, that they keep on kind of. It's they like, do. Hey, They've Rodney, whittled him down to eight minutes on Sunday night now. <laughs> in between a uh, a uh, an adult circumcision commercial. And, <laughs> no, he is. I, how many Donna songs can he play in that specific <laughs> amount of time? Oh wow! Yeah. All right, the Bangles coming up yeah. next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Susanna Hobbs. Yeah. Still really, right? You're going to play like a female-fronted band? Oh, well, I didn't oh, think about it. Oh, no, look at that. There's a girl in that band. What are the odds? <laughs> well, see you, Canters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a legend. He is. That shows you what the state of radio was in Los Angeles in the 70s. <laughs> but he had like a, his own club. He That's was... what's crazy is that that little man with the weird hair was like running the show. Yeah. He it was, was the a, guy. It was a fun. There was a fun group. I remember when I, when I was at K Rock. It was Randy, uh, Randy, uh, Rodney, and uh, Jason. Um, uh, Jason Bentley was there yeah. doing more electro electronic stuff. Oh wow! Like in the, in the so he started K Rock, and then yeah. he went to KCRW. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. And then um, uh, Native Wayne. Oh, yes, Native Wayne. Native Wayne. Oh, yeah. With the Native surf Wayne. report. <laughs> Native Wayne would do the reggae show, uh, Reggae Revolution. And then um, who else was there? Boogerman Jed, was there. Jed, Jed, Jed the, the Fish. Fish. Where's Jed? Tanny now? Heidi. Jed's at uh, the new Northridge station. It's a, it's a 80 KCSN. Is that it? It's a Northridge um, college station, but they're trying to take on KCRW. Oh, nice. So they have, oh. they have uh, Nick Harcourt. Wow. And they have Jed the Fish, uh, and like a couple like uh, oh, and uh, what's the guy that did um, uh, Steve Jones's show? Shovel, Mark Shovel or some of that. He was a programmer for Indy 103. He's over there now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would assume Jed would just show up in a uh, cryogenic chamber somewhere. They would just have put him in some sort of tube. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> just put him aside and then thought him out once in a while and see what's going on. Um, let's see. Tammy who, Heidi. Tammy was Heidi, who I loved, and is Cat still? Is Cat Corbett? Cat Corbett is yeah, still with us. Yeah, she does a show great. after ours in the morning. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, it was a good. It was a fun time to be there, and it, it like, I feel like I really, I feel like, like two great times. I think to be at K Rock would have been in the eighty, like the mid mid eighties. Like when they're just breaking all sorts of cool stuff. The, the Dramarama era. And that's, yeah, right. that's right. And then mid nineties when they were, you know, and they invented grunge. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh it was a it was a really I really, really liked working there at the time. Uh but yeah, the overnight shifts fucking killed me. I mean it was just after a while, midnight to five. You know, the hours, you know, it's hard to complain about a gig, but um overnights are brutal in radio and then we were talking about or before you got here mornings are just I've been tired now for almost 15 years you just never get used to it, at least I don't. No, no, and I, what I remember from doing morning radio is that on the weekends 
You're like, okay, I don't have to get up tomorrow morning. What time is it? Seven o'clock? Snore. Like you're just out at an unreasonable hour, like a ridiculous hour. You when you fall come asleep. around Sunday night, you just start to feel like you've got your bearings back, and then it starts yeah. all over again. When I stopped working in morning radio, there was a good month to six weeks where I would wake up at like five o'clock in the morning and be like, I'm late, you know, and then and then have to calm my heart back down. <laughs> Because uh, you really, it's not a job you can really be late for. No, that microphone goes on whether you're there or not. And, uh, <laughs> it helps if you're there to say something. Because if you're not, then you're, you're screwed. But, I mean, that's the nice thing about me. I've had the best of both worlds because I work with these two guys, Kevin and Bean. And it's really their show. And their names are on the door. And they're the guy. And I get to come in and do little funny, silly things. And people like it. And then, you know, I, I, can, I can reap all the benefits without bearing much of the responsibility, which is nice. Which is nice. That is yeah. nice. It, it is always fun to be the, you get to be the wacky guy that yeah. comes in. Oh, I, do I get to be like- Kramer, you know. I open the door and Jerry and I do that and I do some shtick and I'm out the door again and then they got to carry Hopefully yeah. you don't go say something horribly racist somewhere and then it's yeah, like exactly. you know Kramer, Kramer I've kept the n-words to the minimum on that show really <laughs> I, I should be I should yeah. be applauded I think no more the, than the, five per hour <laughs> really I keep it I keep it way down <laughs> but then so when did you when did you start doing uh, Babylon well, um, Kevin Smith was always coming in as a guest on the show, promoting you know whatever he had going on, Clerks Two or this that other thing. And every time Kevin would come in, we would hole up in a corner and just geek out together. So we spoke the same language and we became friends. And um, I guess after a couple of years of being friends, we start saying, you know, we've never worked together. We should do something together. And I do a recurring bit on the the morning show where I do entertainment news called the the Showbiz, Showbiz Beat. Beat. Yes. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a skewed sort of uh, vaguely factual entertainment news report where I, I make fun of people. And whenever he came in to promote, I would always have him stick around because he would sit in and we'd riff and have a good time. And the chemistry was, was obviously there. So he had just, um, he had been doing Smodcast for a while and he had got himself a little uh, storefront theater on Santa Monica. Yeah, it was great. The Smod Smodcastle. Yeah, Smodcastle. Smodcastle. Yeah. And it was, so it was his own theater, and he said, I want to start doing more stuff. I want to start expanding. I want to do, I'm going to do a, a, a podcast with Jason Mewes, and we're going to talk about our careers together and our friendship and stuff. And he said, I want to add something else. He said, maybe we could do something. And I said, that's a great idea. I said, why don't we at least start with um, what, kind of, what we do when you come on, which is just riff about entertainment news and movies and television and pop culture, which is something we both sort of obsess about, and comics and you know, sci-fi and... and do what we were doing in five minute chunks on the radio but in long form yeah. and so that's what it was we started doing it three years ago I guess we started doing it at Smod Castle and it was a little 50 seater and we would sell out every week and it was the only podcast really that had that kind of audience um, largely because of Kevin's fans of course but then also people from K-Rock would yeah. want to listen to what we were talking about so we said let's find a new venue and then we uh, went up to a place up at Universal Studios and then that didn't go well. And then, um, then we moved to the improv. So that's where we are now, every Friday night in front of a live audience at the improv. We did the late show there. And it's just been crazy. It's, uh, it's grown into something which is more than just entertainment news. We do bits now and voices and car- you know, recurring segments. And we've got, we're starting to travel with it. And we're going to the U.K. this summer to do some shows over there and stuff. And oh, that's great. It's like this little thing we did just for us that has grown into something that actually... Became some. It's almost like yeah. radio is the hobby now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I 
I spent a lot of time during the week sort of prepping and getting ready for that show on Friday night because it's in front of a live audience, and you know how different the dynamic mm-hmm. is of yeah. being in front of a microphone versus hearing the laughs and really having to entertain people. So the pressure is on for that, but we just have such a good time doing it. That's right. Yeah, that, that's always the, the funnest stuff where you just you were doing it for fun. Like there was no other. It's like it's like this is going to be a thing someday. Yeah, there was no goal. There was no end game. It was just. We had never worked together, and it was just something we wanted to do for each other just because we laugh around each other. Yeah, you know? yeah. And people got on board and started listening, so it's been a blast. And so what's it? What are the big entertainment stories this week? Uh, well, just Bieber's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, just every day he's got something more insane. He's, he's becoming almost a fictional character. You, you, would, you would have to put him in a Christopher Guest movie, I think, to really make it believable <laughs> at this point. Because today we were doing the story about... Uh, how his private plane that he took to the Super Bowl. Yeah, full of weed. Hotbox. They hotbox. <laughs> the pilots had to wear oxygen masks while they were flying the plane Jesus. because the pot smoke was so thick. And not only were they concerned about you know flying a small jet plane while you're stoned, but they were afraid you know if you get drug tested, which they do randomly, pilots, and you come up positive, you know mm. they pull your ticket. So they were actually had the. Gas. Wait, I'm Bieber's pilot. All right, you're free to go. <laughs> yeah, right. They had the they had the air mask, the get the oxygen masks on, and the. Uh, stewardess was quoted as saying that she was afraid of Bieber and his dad, so she uh, she would linger by the pilots and stay out of the main compartment because she was concerned about oh, her well being. Wait, so his dad's like hanging out for all this his stuff? His dad too? is a big time enabler. Oh yeah. shit! His dad was the one who was cordoning off the ends of the street when he was drag racing in Miami Beach. He was the one who was holding up traffic. So yeah, because he gets a, he gets a t- ton of free free teen pussy. I mean, you know, yeah. His son is a cash cash cow and an ass cow. Just, I, <laughs> uh, it didn't really come out right. <laughs> what an ass cow! What an ass cow! You see Bieber's dad. He's got the flat build hat. He's got yeah. the wife beater on. He's all tatted up. He looks just like a like a hanger on. It's just embarrassing. Oh, that's so, I mean, like you know. Let him ride it. Like it's you know he probably he had to put up with that kid you know in his room playing songs on YouTube and now it's working out for him. <laughs> I don't think he was even there for that. I think he left the mother early on. <laughs> I can let people do whatever the fuck he wants. So he, he came back in the picture only when the yeah. money started to flow. Yeah. I get the sense. Which one? The one that looks like a girl? Fuck it, am come yeah. back. Come on, son. Let's go out and get tattoos together. Mm-hmm. Son, I couldn't help but notice you're a big star now with a bunch of money, and it really made me realize how much I love you. You've got to need help, right, son? Who's going to wrangle all that? Yeah. That all those Brazilian hookers. You're going to need yeah, beer. Exactly. Someone's going to buy you beer. Yeah, Somebody right. You're underage. What I show them culture, I took them to that little girl Holocaust memorial. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, man. Son. I, he's not even Southern. I don't know yeah, why yeah. we made that. Well, no. They're, they're like, aren't they kind of rural Canada? That, that accent. I don't think rural Canadians talk that doesn't sound like yeah. the South. Not so much. But come like, on, eh? Yeah. But that accent, like that like that old Poutine. David Crossbit. That old David Crossbit where it's like, it's like, fuck you, man. I'm from Bakersfield, California. Fuck you. I'm from Wyoming. Moment, you know, just like <laughs> anywhere you go, it's just the rural accent. Kids should not have access to large sums of money. That is not a time in your life where you should have access to a like a king's ransom of wealth. It never works out well. No, it's hard enough to handle a lot of money if you're responsible, right? Much less if it's if you're going through that period where you're doing a bunch of dumb shit that can only be made worse by having unlimited gold. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's I almost feel like it just shouldn't be legally allowed. Like 
you cannot have money until you're at least, you know. They should put it in some sort of account or something and then, yeah. you know, yeah. wait until you're 25 to give you the password. We hear, like, the story, whenever you hear, like, a like a well-adjusted child actor, like, they'll go, like, how did you say so? It's like, well, my parents, like, you know, put all the money away. Yeah. And then I didn't get it till way later. You're like, oh, it's so it's really the parents. Yeah. And they were like, normal and they taught us, like, special value. Like Elijah Wood. He said, like, it's like his parents were very adamant about, like, him having, like, a real normal life and they didn't really spend a lot of the money he was making and so then it works out the guys like a normal dude no bad teen and child stars have the same exact parents as murderers <laughs> yeah if, if you look at those two life stories and you follow them yeah if yeah. you follow them there's parallel lines drawn between parents who don't really give a shit what their kids are doing yeah. or looking for an easy score or looking for quick cash don't put their child's welfare in front of it, their own. I mean, invariably. Your dad shouldn't be your bro. Like, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't have a bro dad. Like, yeah, you same with, like, girls and moms. Just, it's like, we're, like, best friends. Like, hey, you shouldn't yeah. be. You should tell her <laughs> how things are. If your parents aren't embarrassing you, they're not doing their job. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And not, not embarrassing you in the sense where they're like, what, where are we going tonight? Yeah, right. yeah. Like, how much pussy are we getting tonight? No, yeah. come on, please. It's all right. I won't tell your friends' parents. You guys can do whatever you want in here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just, it's not just fucking... Uh, it's not just Bieber, but it's just this crazy little like pack of lost boys that you know are just running around chomping on stripper tits and uh, yeah, take, doing drugs and throwing just, eggs at people. It's fucking you know they they grew it's like these kids literally kind of like probably grew up watching Entourage and now they just want to. Yes. I'll tell you, yeah, we watched it ironically because it was like we're like making fun of the people that we hate. I'm like city. turtle. Yeah, that's what they're debating <laughs> yeah. on who gets to be turtle. Gets to be turtle. No, dude, I'm turtle. That's, that's the reality. You're so I'm Johnny like, Drama. <laughs> no, you uh-uh. take that back. <laughs> so why'd you guys stop being friends? Called me Drama. <laughs> Seems a bit dramatic. Oh, it's turtle-rific. That's <laughs> um, I almost so you can almost hear the boners popping in like the media for the meteoric uh, crash to earth that's going to happen with that kid. That's definitely going to happen, oh, yeah. it's and coming. it's a it's a bummer. And I just I hope that it's not as bad as it could be. You know, like I hope it's just well, I lost a lot of my money, and I had to learn the value of you know yeah. friendship and life. And, you yeah. know, but, like, but now I'm a singer songwriter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you hope he ends up like Vanilla Ice, where he's rehabbing houses but making a living. Is that what? you're Yeah, like a cool guy. Like yeah. he's yeah. like, oh, I was a fuck up, but I was just a kid. What are yeah. you gonna do? And uh, I, I once when I was at E I, uh, at the Soup, I made a I remember sketch. this. The sketch with a uh, uh, Vanilla Ice, where like he wanted to change his sound again, and he wanted to do like acoustic hipstery type music. Um, but then like I threw it a joke. I was like, uh, he's like, you know, once this record comes, I like I like once this record comes out on Matador, it's gonna like you know do really well, and I'm gonna come out with my own uh, um, ice trays uh, called Ice Ice Baby Makers. <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh, he he's like, ha! Oh, you knew about that? I was like, what? He's like. Yeah, I put out ice oh, cube trays. No yeah, he did it like, 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 like he says, like I did it like when there was nothing else going on, and I just put my name on some ice trays. And I was like, did they sell? He's like, no, no, they no. did it. No, because everyone has ice makers in the refrigerators. <laughs> It turns out that ice does not retain any particular shape for a long period of time. <laughs> no one really uses the trays any longer. Although I do have, I do have the Han and Carbonite ice trays. Of course, you which do. are which are a lot of fun. Yeah. So it's uh, the oh, it's on the bottom. Like the designs on the bottom. yeah, the designs yeah. on the bottom. So when you pop it out, then you got you got Han. Yeah. There and then what do you put that in? Scotch. What? What do you put that in? I don't never use them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just look at them. Yeah, uh, they're mint in box, dude. Yeah, yeah. You don't take them out. When you like, ruin it. If you're if you're a nerd culture person, I find that a lot of what you own are things that you could use at some point, but never do. I just it's, did a purge. It's very, did you purge? Did you yeah, purge? I just like got rid of a bunch of just stuff. Like, I was just like, this is just stuff. I don't... So once a year, no laws, anything's okay until... Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I killed my wife. I killed killed her. It was fine, though. It was during the purge. It was during the purge. Yeah. But now I got to deal with the body. Uh, No, well, as long as you dispose it before the purge is over. okay. It's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. My wife saved my nerd life because I've got my office in the house, and that's mine. But everything else is completely off limits, so I can't put any Batman shit in the kitchen or in the living room or anything else. Well, what I am about contained. Stuff? What about classy Batman stuff? No, no, there's no such thing in my wife's eyes because oh. she, she has actual class versus nerd <laughs> class. And so I, she said when we got the house, she said, you, "This is your room. Enjoy yourself. Do whatever you want, but the door stays closed, and there's nothing else leaking out into the house. <laughs> so that makes you, it forces you sort of to maintain your collection on a sort of oh, sparse yeah. level because you can't just let it go nuts and, and spread everywhere. So. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't want to like. It's like I don't want to spend money for like a storage space to like put stuff yes. in because then it defeats the purpose. Or like, for a divorce lawyer, there's two things you don't want to spend money on. I think I think the blessing and the curse is that my girlfriend is actually worse than I am about that stuff. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I should probably get this portal gun. She's like, why not get five? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We can make a mobile for the, yeah, yeah, exactly. the dining room. When, exactly. when Dee and I first moved into each, with each other, uh, like there was a like we both had all of the trade paperbacks for Walking Dead, and sure. there was and there was like a conversation like, "Well, whose do we get rid of? Because we just can't have both." Oh my god! And then it was How just do you like merge the collection. Yeah, it was a real weird like. I was like, and then like I just realized like it does like it kept on telling myself it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make. But like you remember, but when you know you that's a lie. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we just held on to. Them. Yeah, both still there, just like a fucking one, one, Dual two, two, libraries. three, three, four, four, <laughs> all the way down the line. You didn't mix them together, did you? Now you're never going to know who's who's. Hey, no, but that's what marriage is, Chris. It's consolidating. <laughs> Not knowing like... where you start or oh, end, and no, you're just miserable. No, no, this is such a modern phenomena. The nerd girl, by the way, that you marry. They were so few and far between when I was coming up in my nerddom. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I went to a con and there was no women anywhere, and, they, <laughs> and the ones that were there certainly weren't hot. And there was no cosplay, and they didn't you know, even lust after. <laughs> Them. You know, we're, girls were something you hid your nerddom from. Yeah. Now, now that you're embracing it and, and meeting women who share it, you love I, I, I do yeah. have to say that in my experience, it was, you know, there was maybe one girl in our chess club and it was like, you know, nine guys and then computer and computer lab and then within with video games and 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 it just at the time it was just more of an early adoptery thing. I, I don't know. I mean, like not not just not just women, but like all types, like all types of people are into nerd shit now. All types of people. Yeah, well. And at the time, it was a very, very, very specific. Uh, it was a very specific experience, and so it, you know, it did change. But it's so much of that stuff. You know, people from our generation grew up and started putting that out in the world, like just sort of re-expressing it for the masses. And so yeah. now it's yeah. now, now it's, the lines are mainstream pop culture. Yeah, exactly. Now it is. It is it is all the non-Kardashian sectors of pop culture. Yeah. Um, which I'm I'm fine with. I, I don't I don't mind. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not like a, a nerd elitist in the way where I go uh, no new people. That guy doesn't <laughs> seem like he should be a what's she doing? What the yeah. fuck? It's like great, ever more great. There's more stuff. Yeah, there's, right. more, there's more stuff we get to consume. Stuff that's better produced. And you more know? people I can talk about it. More yeah, people. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, I was ashamed. Uh, I was like a guy was like, "Are oh, you kind of bummed out?" Because I've always like since I was a kid, a huge zombie fan, and like, he's like, "Are oh, you kind of bummed out that it's like the big thing?" And I was like, "No," because there's a ton more for me to watch now. I don't understand why you would think I'd be bummed out about it. People hate it when the thing that is very personal to them 
all of a sudden becomes mainstream because they don't want to have anything in common with everyone else. But that's just like, then they're not like, is that the question or do they really enjoy it or are they just using it as an identity? I think it's both, but it's, but largely it's, you know, the identity thing of like, uh, you know, well, I don't want to have anything in common with those five. Those, I don't want to have anything in common with the kids who watch American Idol. Fuck them, because that means transitively that I yeah. and I'm not going to be part of you know. Those yeah. are the kids that stuffed me in a in a locker when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I think they do identify their 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 sort of solitude with whatever it is that they're into, and once yeah. that goes away, then they feel like they're being homogenized. It's that hipster music thing, you know. They don't like the band. Totally, yeah, once it's big... being played on radio, then it loses all. Yeah. Lives, you know? It is funny though because it still happens. Though. Like my neighbor uh, got this like old like Range Rover, like a, like a like a sixties Range Rover, and I was like, "Hey, that's that's a that's really cool, man. It's like a good zombie mobile." Uh, and he's like, "What's that?" I was like, <laughs> "It's a good, you know, for the zombie apocalypse." Just he's like, Zo- "Apocalypse?" And I was like, <laughs> is that like the polar vortex? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, See, see you on trash day. See you on trash day. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. Like it's like you know it's in this day and age it is rare that you have that nerd shame where you're just like you like confidently make a reference to someone. Like, what was that? You're like all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but com- comics, like, nothing. <laughs> as comics, you know, like it's not just enough growing up in the, in that way, but also having the comic gene too makes all of that way way worse when you realize that you know. Most people don't say horrible, ridiculous things yeah. in a yeah. conversation. Most people are socially acceptable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you feel like you kind of got it from both ends. Yeah. You know, you're either not going to get the references or you're not going to understand why I just, you know, like, <laughs> why I just called, like, why I was just like, oh, those nuns are cunts, aren't they? <laughs> what? I was kidding. They're obviously not. Yeah. I was just, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. They're cunt nuns. <laughs> Cunt nuns from Nabisco. <laughs> Try new chocolate cunt nuns. <laughs> well, no, cunt nuns would be black and white cookies. Well, I guess they would. Yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. They would. <laughs> Don't get into the habit. New fruit flavored cunt nuns. <laughs> some some good punning. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's good pun. Yeah, you know, I just saw Oreos has rice crispy treat flavored Oreos now. What? Hold I just on. I just saw it on Instagram. Rice what? Treat I'm trying to wrap Oreos. my brain around that. Yeah. What? Yeah, you know, because of science, you could just make something taste like something. Right. Yeah, but I'm yeah. still trying to wrap my brain around. Is it? Are there Krispies in the Oreo cream? No, it just tastes like it. The cream tastes like it. Yeah, I believe the cream tastes like it. I don't know. <laughs> Rice Krispies. You know what? Well, don't come in here half-assed. Right? Have your facts or don't. Guys, my eyes can't taste. If they could, I could <laughs> describe it for you, but I, they can't. Oh, sounds like we'll a Taylor Swift song. song. My, my eyes, eyes can't, can't taste. taste. My eyes <laughs> can taste what you're feeding me. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? Tastes a lot like cum. Who's that? That's Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's Jonathan Swift. Taylor it's Swift. Jonathan Swift. Oh, no. Who perfect. wrote Gulliver's yes. Travels. <laughs> <laughs> People, your your background is is sketch comedy. Yeah, sketch and improv. That's how I, I got started in this town. At were least. you at Acme the same as Corolla? Is yeah, that you guys were. That's with Cortland too. Cortland Cox, uh, Adam Corolla, a bunch of very funny people came out of Acme Comedy Theater. We were sort of the uh, the uh, redheaded stepchild to the Groundlings. The Groundlings was the big monster in town, and yeah. some people who had been there and didn't care for sort of how they operated. Did an offshoot and started this theater, the Acme Comedy Theater. That was before I.O. moved to town? Way uh, before. Way before. Yeah, there was yeah. only two of us in town, really. It was Groundlings and Acme at the oh, time. Shit. That was it. Um, 
Maybe Second City might have had some presence. Oh yeah, yeah, they were right next mm-hmm. to the Improv. But that it was that. still Acme still predates all that. Like Second City so. plopped in like maybe ten years ago. Yeah. Oh okay. And uh, so and then it Acme's didn't, been around there for really twenty, work. better than twenty. Yeah, Acme, oh, okay. Acme's been around. But then it, now it's not Acme anymore. I don't know. It, don't it's in this kind of weird. It changed hands. Yeah, and, and I think they still have the physical space on La Brea, but I think the, the theater has moved back to North Hollywood or something. I'm not really sure of the dynamics. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of there were a lot of really funny. Like uh, Shane Nickerson was through the Acme, and Will Wheaton did a bunch of stuff at the Acme. Yeah. And um, Brett Barron, Dave Finkel, who I came up with at Acme, they're the uh, showrunners now on New Girl. Now you know, oh, so wow. nice. A lot of guys that I sort of came up with got either into animation or sitcom writing or something else. And a lot of performers, but uh, are stayed in the business one way or the other. And uh, Paul Rugg, who was uh, Freakazoid, if you, if you know that show, yeah, he yeah. used to write with all the Animaniacs crew and Paul McCann and all those guys. They were all original uh, Acme members. And they, huh. they kind of took over that that regeneration of the Warner Brothers product with animation back in the 90s. Oh, the know, Tiny Toons. Tiny Toons and, and yeah. Animaniacs and, and uh, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what was the form of improv there? Uh, it was primarily sketch. Oh, okay. With some improv sort of sprinkled in. Oh, okay, you cool. know. So... Um, so most of us were actors and writers at the time, and we were just, you know, just cranking stuff out and putting it up to various degrees of success. Both. It was a weekly show? Yeah, it was. It was it, we would uh, do it every week, um, actually twice, Fridays and, it would be a Friday and Saturday show. And then, you know, the show, once we honed it, would run for, I don't know, four or five months, and then we'd be workshopping new material and then put up a whole new show. So oh, cool. We did, you know, four or five new shows a year. And um, it was a blast. It was still some of the best times I've ever had in my life, both creatively and sort of in fun. And that's the nice thing about being sort of rich, excuse me, rich, poor and young is that... Well, the opposite. Yeah, the opposite of what make I just it, said. Make it, man. Is that you can do that stuff and you don't mind, you know, not making a buck and everybody was sort of struggling and, and it was a very creative time. So, yeah, that's what I, that was I started with, sketch and improv. And then through Acme is how I met Jimmy Kimmel, who had become friends with Adam Carolla, and uh, when they decided to go off to do the Man Show, that's when the opening on the Kevin and Bean Show sort of uh, presented. Mm. And Kevin and Bean went to Jimmy Kimmel and said, "Do you know anybody who can do voices or write comedy or you know do the kind of stuff that you do for us?" And he said, "Yeah, uh, Ralph Garman would be good." So we met, and Kevin and Bean said, "Do you have any radio experience?" And I said, "I listened to it." <laughs> uh, I said, "But no, it's nothing I really ever wanted to do." And um, they said, well, we're looking for somebody who really has some radio experience because Jimmy had started in radio. And I said, well, look, let's just, I need a job and you need a guy. So let's, you know, make a temporary arrangement. And when you find somebody better, then, uh, you know, I'll graciously exit. And that was supposed to be like a three-month deal. And, you know, it's almost 15 years later. I wow, said, that's incredible. Those, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things where you just fall into something yeah. that you had no anticipation. Do they give you the uh, Dread Pirate Roberts, uh, good night, Ralph, I'll most likely kill you in the morning. <laughs> that's right. I'll most likely yeah. fire you in the morning. <laughs> that's right. No, I think I'm in now. I got a contract. I think I'll be around okay, for good. a while. Yeah, yeah. All right. okay, so good. It started yeah. off that way, though. Like, we'll give you $5 a day, and uh, you can't talk to anyone. And, you know, it was very awkward. But. Um, did you kind of like the idea of it, though, because you would be done in the day and time to go on auditions? Yeah, actually, it was it was like the great straight job. You know, I had been bartending nights previous, so it was the same thing, only the hours were reversed. I knew I could free up. Yeah. And um, early on, you know, they didn't care whether I really I stayed or went as long as I generated some material each week. So I could go off for a couple of days and shoot something. And I, it's, it's a little harder now because I'm sort of a recurring member of the, of the yeah, troops. And it's yeah. not the job that you think it's going to be. Morning radio is... You, in your head, you go... Uh, 
Well, is it like three, three, four hours a day? Yeah, that? Knock then, that out. Then you forget, like, you have to come in and prep for the show. You have to do the actual yeah, show. You have yeah. to do, like, post-show stuff. I mean, it the really production is. Production stuff. You're recording things. You're cutting it's stuff. It's like an eight, nine-hour day. It's just that you're done by, like, one. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've already worked nine hours by the time people are having lunch. And it's weird. And your friends are wondering why you're tired at three in the afternoon. It well, is. It's, yeah. almost like, it's almost like what, what I imagine it felt like to be... Rufus Sewell in Dark City where there's just this kind of like weird vibe this weird glaze over the world and you can't quite put your finger on it you're like god it's just I don't know I don't I fit in weird here I don't out of know. sync yeah you're a little yeah. out of sync with everybody else it's, it's really strange it, it, it really it, I, 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 I could only do it for a year and then I just I just couldn't I started yeah. to go crazy well also like I mean you were you were still drinking around that time right I was yeah so was that like like would you just start drinking earlier then go to sleep earlier like yeah, not to well, say that like, we would, like but, we would, you know, well, by, because you're a social guy. Like, how did like how did it affect your social? But we life? would go get drinks at, at like eleven or twelve, right? Because by that time, that was like our five o'clock. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it was so it, it was, was happy hour. It was kind of a weird. It was just kind of a weird time. And then yeah. I would you know, then I would have a few drinks. I would I walked to this place at the end of my street and would have dinner there almost every night at like eight seven or eight o'clock. I'd have like, you know, four or five beers or whatever and then just go back and fall asleep by 9.30 or 10 Shit. at the latest because I had to get up at 3.30 or 4 to, you know, because yeah. fucking, oh man, yeah. how the fuck do you do it? I'm made of stronger stuff than you are, Chris. That's all I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just a little bit better than you are. I think you are. <laughs> That's all. I, lo- I always love seeing you at Comic-Con too because I, I feel like, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of us who are in the game of like, you know, Who's going to moderate what this year? Yeah, it's, sure. it's so it's so fun to see. There's just a hand. There's really kind of like a with the with the occasional like oh they just brought their own guy for that thing. But there really are a handful of us who just kind of cover them, and it's kind of I don't know. I feel like we're in this really neat little society. But of, it's expanding though. There more people are, are being added all the time, which makes me upset. We must crush them. <laughs> That's right. We must crush them. But uh, yeah, it is. I, I just lost my, one of my favorite gigs. I used to do Dexter every year, and now that's gone. So uh, I've got some free well, time. Well, you know, so to do a panel for it after that last season. How would <laughs> that's you? true. I might have dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just go back and do it every year, even without yeah. the cast that's or the right. producers. Just, like, just yeah. me by myself outside yeah, of the bullhorn. We're not going to focus our second hour on the beard <laughs> at the end of the uh, <laughs> lumberjack Dexter. Will be today's topic. <laughs> Yeah, you still cut things into pieces if you, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, burying wood yeah. out in the water. Yeah. Um, uh, what are you excited about TV wise this year? Um, you know, I'm just I'm in love with the blacklist. I just can't get enough of that. I've show. heard it's really good. It's I well again, Spader's great, but I haven't seen it. It's all very. Um, uh, subjective, but I think it's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. Really? Yeah. It, the production values and the and the scripts and the sort of the dark nature of it for mainstream television. I think it's really uh, it's really a great show. So that's sort of my new addiction. Did you get into the? I watched the first episode of The Following, and like I was like, it seems like it could be something, but then didn't you know that that just that thing that extra little thing that doesn't make you right. go like. Yeah, all of a sudden, it's like four weeks. You're like, oh, we never really caught up with it. You're going on a date with a pretty girl, but you're still just not falling in love. Yeah. You know? you're just, yeah, yeah. yeah. I felt the same way about the following. I think it's a well-done show, but it just never hooked me. Yeah. Helix, yeah. I like. Are you guys watching Helix on Sunday? I just downloaded really the first good. three episodes, but I haven't seen them. I haven't watched them yet. That's real, yeah. real involving stuff. I thought yeah. that was great. You yeah. see The Following? The French show? The Following? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, fucking the, uh, the Return. Let, let The Following go, man. Where's <laughs> the <thing> you're obsessed? <laughs> guys. <laughs> 
Bacon needs it. <laughs> well, uh, Ralph, what about the following? Yeah. Now that show is good. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, I was yeah. 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 It's not better than the following, but <laughs> oh, no, yeah. the following lost me earlier. Yeah. But the following, the following it's nice. a bit derivative of the following. <laughs> I thought so too. Yeah. Are you guys following me? <laughs> uh, no, uh, the returned. Uh, it's a French show you can see on uh, Amazon Prime, and it's just gorgeous and I moody. I think it's and... Amazon Prime. <laughs> Prime. Uh, but, it's uh, in French. Uh, yes, oh, that's sometimes. a lot of work. That sounds like a lot of work. It's not right. so bad. It's a, it's it's so moody. There's not much talking. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, I think if you like the kind of uh, you know it's it's really just gorgeously shot. It has this kind of uh, supernatural element, but without really you know. Revealing too much. There is that little bit of a fear. There's always that little lost fear you have. You're like, it's like, if I invest in like these fantasies, is it going to pay off for me? Yeah. And that's, but it's like you don't care because the 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 journey of that show is just so crazy. Well, that's the important thing is that we have, you know, you got to remember on a show that it is about that it is about the journey because in the life of a show, if it runs a long time, it's going to change hands um, potentially with showrunners. Yeah. I mean, you know, Breaking Bad never lost Vince. So right. it just it had his voice like it had him all the way through. It wasn't like you know people complain about Dexter or you know or, yeah. or any of the other any almost any other show. It just showrunners yeah. swap out because the guy comes in, he's like, "This is going to be my take on it." Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's not, fuck everything else that happened there. We're going to yeah, do yeah. it this way, and then and so you there's stylistically the show's not consistent, or story wise the shows aren't consistent. There's not one thing that yeah. goes all the way it's not self-contained but um so i think we just have to enjoy the we just have to enjoy the journey there's so few shows where you don't go oh but season three wasn't great you know yeah, like there's, yeah. always, usually... there's always lulls and there's always peaks and valleys and i find myself not responding more to sort of performers than i do story and and uh scripts anyway because they they will fluctuate but if you fall in love like you said Spader's great and Blacklist he is and this Megan Boone who's his co-star in that she's she's I never knew where, who she was before but I think she's terrific in it and if you can invest in those people I mean, Michael C. Hall was that way from your Dexter you know even in the worst of Dexter I just think he's just terrific and he's I always, great I always yeah. enjoyed being on the ride with him you know so I, I find myself maybe because I'm a performer at heart but I always respond to that stuff more than anything I think. yeah I think that I think the performances in that return uh, show are, I think you'll really what's the premise uh, it's this Alpine, French Alpine uh, town that um, one day people that had died in the past just show back up, and they don't know why, and uh, and well, no one knows why. Sounds like Resurrection. They bring it to ABC. The same premise. It's the I think it's the is American that, is it the American version. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. then it's going to be better because it's American. <laughs> Fucking a, right? USA. Yeah, because USA. the American version of the bridge. Explosions. That's right. American version of the bridge. So much better. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> so much better. Kurtwood uh, Smith. Yeah, <laughs> just give me my fucking uh, phone call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's uh, they just show up and no one knows really why, and they're in the exact same age that they were when they died. So like people from a long time ago in different cases, and it's yeah. just uh, the way it affects the entire town. Sorry, is it purgatory? <laughs> you just go to. Dexter was in purgatory. Just gonna fire default position. Lena Dunham's in purgatory. Everyone's dead. It's purgatory. Dream sequence. God damn it! It's fucking purgatory. That's what it has to be. I feel bad for people who are trying to put new fantasy and sci-fi stuff on television now because there's been such a glut and we've been spoiled by so much good work. Now yeah. That if you're going to bring something, you know, you're making fun of Lost, but at the time, Lost was revolutionary. Was no, no, no. I still like television. I still you know? like Lost, and I, I, I didn't mind the ending. I like it. It was, uh, it was just for some reason people just get so angry. When you just like you go, I like Lost. They go, but that Lassie. You go, what? A, 
How dare you? All the joy it brought you for years. For years, you loved it. Not enough joy. Yeah. yeah. I feel they owe me. Yeah. That's why I hate like the idea of like a spoiler alert, like where people, it's like, uh, oh, don't tell me about what happens in Breaking Bad. It's like, do you not trust, does the show have to surprise you for it to be good to you? Well, can I say something particularly about that show? Is that one of the things about the show was the surprises, like the crazy turns in that show. So I will say that one in particular. Like there are some shows to like... To me it was the writing and the performing, but sure, yeah, if it's the crazy twists and But, but that, sure. that was part of it, though. That was yeah. really part of it, though, is not, is not, is, is just, you know, it's the last five seconds of the episode and then all of a sudden like oh the thing no flowers or whatever <laughs> <laughs> the only time there's been scary flowers <laughs> the flowers you know. Wizard of Oz though too Wizard of Oz had some scary oh, flowers oh true and I guess when the happening fall asleep in that pot in the, it, poppy, the poppy fields field. yeah. yeah that was scary the happening the happening <laughs> it's the trees hey look at these trees these trees here these trees are getting revenge on us left and right <laughs> don't go down that road they all dead. What? No. <laughs> You're not the king of me, Tree. I, I say when yeah, I fuck yeah. Tree. I'm just mashing up the movies. Yeah. I'm just yeah. <laughs> boogie nights. Hey, Tree, they're so passionate now about television. They take it so personally that I think it's a daunting task. It used to be people would just make television. People would watch it, and then they'd go to work and have families <laughs> yeah, yeah. and stuff. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't dire. Can I have a theory on that? I, 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 I actually have a theory on that. Why, why, why television fans now are so much more insane? Yeah, I do. I have a theory on that. Because... I believe that the methods of media consumption now are so much more intimate than they used to be that people it's it becomes a part of who they I mean people have control now they can pretty much watch anything they want whenever they want however they want yeah so there's a certain amount of intimacy that's been created in our sort in our little bubbles the way that we consume I mean it television used to just sort of work like you couldn't. You could maybe record it on VHS, but really, if it didn't hit you in the face when it was on, then that was pretty much it, you know. Yeah. But now we have such ownership. You can own shows, like you can own a season of a show. You can own a show and watch it whenever you want. And so yeah. I think because we consume it more intimately, it, it, it attaches more. People are just like. My children, you know, like really <laughs> creepy about it. I think it's cultural, though, too. I think maybe, you know, I'm in the entertainment business, so maybe I shouldn't be biting the hand that feeds me. But I think there's sort of a misplaced uh, weight that's put on entertainment in this country now, on all levels, film and television and movies and internet. Maybe we can all agree it's more important than teaching and it's more important than <laughs> charity. I mean, I don't remember my father when I was going back saying, don't tell me what happens on Dragnet. I have... <laughs> I, I absolutely, I know. I, I know they're going to enforce the law, and that's all I know. <laughs> yeah. that's right. I need to know what Jack Webb is going to do. I mean, he, he enjoyed the show, loved yeah. the show, but he never really, it never got in the way of his life. Did he say Just the Facts, man? Oh, great. Oh, now thanks. I know he says Just the Facts, Spoiler man. Spoiler alert. You know, Adam, oh, Adam 12. I mean, it just never seemed like there was that sort of misplaced obsession almost to the exclusion of other things. And I don't know whether that is, like you said, because of the delivery system or whether we have just become a nation of spoiled assholes. <laughs> spoiled assholes. <laughs> or watchers, you know, where everything, where everything is done sort of vicariously and, and the watching experience has trumped the doing experience. It is yeah. a drug, though. The um, I, I, I think as much <laughs> as we make fun of the spoiler thing, I think it is a weird narcotic. It's a weird social narcotic because... <clears throat> People cherish that moment where they get the high of like, oh, this crazy thing, you know, that if you take that away from them, it's like taking someone's fucking Coke, 
or yeah. you know, like where they you took their drug away from them, and they don't get to experience that thing which was going to be the highlight of their day. Yeah. But if that's the case, and people are focused in on that. Why is the obsession about finding stuff out early also equally strong? Why do people leak scripts to the internet? Why do they pull video off of the set and, and pictures that are shot in the bushes of what the new costume looks like for Batman or whatever? So I mean, you yeah. love to ride that fence. You know, it's like a, it's like a Christmas present. You ever do the thing with your parents? Oh, like, you what'd you get me? Do you remember when I tell you? No. Yeah, yeah. What is it? So you want me to tell you? No. Can I, are you peeking? I'm peeking. Okay. Did you see it? Oh, God damn it, Mom. I just saw it. Why would you do that to me? All the yeah. magic. Dead. Dead. You yeah, ruined it. You ruined it. Dad's drunk again. I'm sorry. That was just my house. Yeah. See what you've done to your father? A little sense memory exercise. It went wrong. Oh, thanks. Another six yeah. pack of Bud Light, Dad. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to check Smoke up, Johnny. <laughs> see this? Merry Christmas. I'm glad the size it's a Christmas I become a man. <laughs> but I, I used to I used to be that way too. I used to be that way with music. Like if a friend of mine's like, hey, I got the new, you know, whatever record, like I'd be like, Oh, give it to me, I want to hear it. It comes out next week. I need to hear it now. But like uh just last week my friend's like, Hey, here's a link to the new Beck, and I was like, I'll wait till it comes out. Good for you. Uh, yeah. You're all grown up. I know. That's what, <laughs> it was really that kind of feeling that like I was like I was like, yeah. Let it just happen. I don't need to f- rush things, you know? Maybe. Well, especially because it's sort of... I, I really enjoy the anticipation of things now. Sometimes it's better. It is a little bit better. Mm, yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I kind of like watching Walking Dead week to week, as opposed to... to getting all the episodes. And... It's, it's a daunting task. You know, there, there are some shows like where I feel like I've just been swept over by the wave of... Like, like Homeland, I haven't watched yet. Yeah, but I feel like yeah. now that we're a few seasons in... Now it's a pro- now it's a fucking chore of like I gotta buckle down and watch these three daunting, seasons, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, when am I gonna? And I think of it as this thing that I'm gonna have to set aside, you know, like thirty hours for. You know, Chris, if you never see Homeland, it's okay. <laughs> what? Buddy. It's not okay. It's, no, it's yeah, okay. It's, it's all right. No, but you know, it's just television. I know it is, but you know, you know, with what you and I do. If you haven't seen everything, people are like, what do you mean you haven't seen it? How the fuck are you crazy? Just bullshit. Just lie. Just find out a few key facts about everything and extrapolate that out and just lie to people. Just a reference point. That's right. Just be able to throw some buzzwords around and pretend, man. Oh, she cries all the time. Ah, yeah, you know exactly what I've never seen an episode of the show. I just know that's what people say. Or you could do a sort of crying, Jax. You could just sort of keep the conversation in the air by just saying, like, really obvious things about the show. Did you see Homeland? Claire Danes, huh? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, oh, they start yeah, filling yeah, it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then when the terrorist, um, the terrorist, says, oh, right, when he right. did the thing, it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Man, I didn't. Did not you believe see when that. he th- that with the Quran? What about the finale? What about the finale? <laughs> what about that? Huh? Did you see that coming? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, in the previous yeah, episode, I told they, you it was going to happen. I know, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> no, I meant the way they did. Yeah. The yeah. end when he finally died. That was extremely sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that? That's right. Yeah. Shame about Ed. Sure was. Yeah. To go so suddenly like that. Yeah. He was in intensive care for four months. I know, but in the very end, when he actually died, that was extremely sudden. <laughs> I feel like there just aren't any Fletch-type com- comedies anymore. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I like, like that. Was, by Fletch-type comedies, you mean like, uh, like, like one smart-ass protagonist? Like, the smart, like smart-ass protagonist, really driven by a single guy. With a serious story. With kind of a serious... Like those... Those blockbuster comedies are don't you know, like the Beverly Hills Cop and the Fletch and the yeah. you know the moments of drama and stuff. The, like they that. they just don't you know those don't I don't I can't think of one that is right now. Well, there is like like a thing about comedy too is like they don't 
it, like they want to just they want it to be so funny that they just forget about like characters and stories so much where they don't even like let stuff sit that could just be a sweet moment. Like there's in Trading Places uh, with the. Uh, with Eddie Murphy and then the the butler, uh, like there's just like this Denholm Elliott. Yeah, yeah, and there's like a kind of a sweet moment where it's like you know like whatever you need. And there's like and they just kind of sit before cutting away. Yeah, and that nothing funny happens, but it's great. Well, you have to have not funny things to know what the thing what the funny things are. You yeah, know? I mean yeah. that's the that's the beauty of really good comedy is that smart people recognize that you have to have straight moments because that's what pays off the last. Well, if you just pack yeah. everything with punchline after punchline, you get numb to You need it. dynamics, right. pretty much. It's like special effects in action movies. You yeah. Know? I mean, you can only see robots fight for so long until you actually get a little bored of it. Yeah. And that's a, the, you know, the, the Seth MacFarlane's the, the Western movie. It, that Many looks, ways to die in the West? Yeah, it looks like it's just going to be nonstop jokes. Well, I'll, uh, thank you for the, uh, for the lead-in. I'm in that film. Oh, you are? Yeah. We talked about that yesterday. I think the movie looks pretty funny. I think it looks funny. great, but it looks like nonstop. And I'm all for nonstop jokes. Like, it's just like there's movies that are good at that. Uh, but, like, it seems like a good opportunity to actually do And maybe you can tell me more about the movie. This movie is going to be hilarious. And um, I, I've known Seth for about a decade because I do a lot of voices on Family Guy. Yeah. I'm in Family Guy every episode. So he was kind of to put me in Ted. I play Mark Wahlberg's dad in Flashback when the bear first comes to life. Yeah. So I'm his father. You're not the king of me, Ralph. <laughs> I'm the king of me. You're not King Ralph. Starring John Goodman. Uh, Alex Borsi and I were in that, and so he put me in this one, too. And uh, I was there, and I'm telling you, it is going to be hilarious, but largely because of what we were talking about, which is there's a real point of view and a real story being told. There is. And everything, okay. everything else is being hung on. It's not like Blazing Saddles. you know. It's not just a bunch of jokes about the just, West. Yeah, yeah, just sketches. Seth is a sly motherfucker. You know? like he didn't try to make the jump to... To superstar too fast. No, nope, he was genius. He, you know, it's the like the fact that his first big movie, he's like, he's just just he's a voice. It. Yeah, just yeah. a voice. Voice of the bear. Yeah. You know, it's like, how about this? It's okay, not quite an animation, but it's not really live action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, this is crazy. I'm just spitballing. Well, what if my face were in <laughs> yeah, this yeah. one? You yeah. know, it's, that smile. Sure. I mean, if it, you know, if he's able to pull it off, it's going to be, you know, and the truth, I, I think he will absolutely be able to pull it off. I, I think. The trailer's the trailer's really great, and just trailer, coming yeah. off of Ted, and I, I think it's, I, I think it's it's gonna do good. I think it's gonna do even like Seth MacFarlane needs more money and jobs. Yeah. But, uh, but I catches a break. I think it's. Yeah. I know seriously. Yeah. God, but poor I, guy. What I like about him though is that like he, it's clear that he like he loves comedy and he loves jokes and he loves sketches and he and like it's like you know like with the type of people he hires like they're all like so funny and it's like the fact that he. Wants to keep on using the fact that you're in, you know, Family Guy, and then he puts you in the movies. Too. He's very loyal to the people that yeah. he works with. But that's you know? like that's like the fun of watching, you know, Christopher Guest movies because you know it's like he's going to be working with people he likes. Well, my you friend, know? Um, uh, there's a couple guys who write on Family. Who, well, actually, one of them's now one of the EPs, um, but he's been there since the beginning. Alec? No, no, a guy named Steve Callahan. Oh, okay. Another Acme grad. Yeah, that's right. Steve, yeah, Steve, Steve Callahan was my orientation counselor at UCLA. Oh, wow. And so we were in a stand-up comedy club together, Steve, and then this other guy named Pat Megan, who also writes on yeah, Family yeah, Guy. Yeah, sure. Enough, Pat. And they've been there, like, forever. And so it, I think it does, say, it, it does say something about a show, like, when your writers stick around oh, it's for, a, very, for it's a, a long point. time. Because it's, you know... If it's a toxic environment or if the room sucks or if it's just like – then people can't wait to bail and go work on something else. Yeah. Well, like the turnover in The Simpsons is – you know, it's pretty crazy. The amount well, of guys God, that come in that around. show. I mean like I just don't even know how you write for that family anymore. Like yeah. how do you how even do you not possibly – I don't know. 
Right. I mean, it's I don't envy that task of that many episodes. Yeah. It's just going to it's it's just eating itself yeah. at How, this point. Are they at a point where Sideshow Mel has had his own episode? <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. Yeah. There must be there must be some sort of a Sideshow Mel origin story. It must be or right. something. He just yeah. shows up because Bob goes to jail. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But like, like, I love the little peaks of like, he's like clearly like an old theater actor. You know, the funny thing is, in my head, Sideshow, Sideshow Mel is still the new guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that far side comic. Yeah. Where it's like the guy's like, like a thousand like notches on the wall. The other guy just has a little bit less. He's like, stop yeah. calling me new guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Huge beards. <laughs> Oh, the fucking far side. Yeah. I don't get it. 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 So are you pitching any shows? or what, what, I Always. To, to, with no success. Um, television's tough. It is. It's frustrating. But that's the nice thing about having a steady gig is that you don't ever get panicked or desperate. You know, So you do it. And if it, you have a few good steady gigs. If something, if something comes up, then great. And if it doesn't, then well, that's fine. You know, your kids will eat, so it all works out. But um, Kevin Smith and I were trying to maybe take Hollywood Babylon to television, maybe do a TV version of that. Oh, which cool. Would, which oh, would so it'd be like just deal. like an entertainment news show, but actually watchable and funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which are none of on television. <laughs> yeah, so it would work out that way. Um, just fap and information. Right. I mean, we, we, we talked about doing an entertainment news show that does not jerk off celebrities, you know, which yeah. again doesn't exist. But, yeah. So, and it, you know, who knows if that's going to happen or not. But we've got a couple irons in the fire. Do you worry, you know, about the, the jokes you make? Like the whole like, thing that happened with David Spade and the Hollywood Minute, where it's, uh, you know. All of a sudden he, he was rubbing elbows with those people and he was like, how's their jokes? Yeah, like he would be horrible to them, uh, like in jokes, because they're just jokes. Right. But then he has to, like, interact with these people, or, you know, do you ever find, like, you, are you worried that in the. And the showbiz beat, you're going to make fun of like a show, and then like like you you see a oh shit, there's a I got an audition with them tomorrow. Well, you know the nice thing is that I only make fun of people if I'm really if I hit them hard. It's people I genuinely don't like and don't condone their behavior or yeah. their product or whatever. So if I would run up against them and they had a problem with that, I'd be fine with that because I can understand if someone takes a shot at you, you don't like them. But I if I don't like them that. I wouldn't want to be friends with them or work with them anyway. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, that's a good point. Yeah, I never want to be friends with the Kardashians, so that's not yeah. going to be that's not going to be a danger. I always felt worse for Kevin because he's a guy who's a director and still will direct. And I said maybe someday you're going to have someone walk into a room or something that we talk about that's going to cheese you off. But he's always the cuddly one. I'm always the abrasive one anyway. So he, he's very <laughs> smart about how he plays that. He's a stoner and I'm a drinker, so that's the dynamic of the show. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I go out there and chew people a new asshole. He's like, oh, Ralph, come on, cut him a break. I gotta pick up this. There's asshole all over the ground. (laughs) That's right. Someone's gotta clean this up, but I'm too high to do it. No, it's weird because Seth, who I'm I'm very close with and Kevin, I'm very close with, they have sort of a contestious, contemptuous relationship. And um, because Smith took some. I think on Clerks, the animated series, they took a shot at Family Guy or something, and so uh, Seth mm. took some shots at Kevin Smith on a couple episodes back, and everything. Oh, so that's there's a little tension there. So I, I guess you do run into that once in a while when you're when you're making fun of people. But I, I think it was uh, Dennis Miller said 
when he was doing SNL and he would make fun of people and he would run into people occasionally, he'd say, if they're upset with me, he said, I get it. Nobody likes to be made fun of, but that's also my job, so I can't not do it. Yeah. Dennis yeah. Miller said, if I run into someone that I made fun of, I just remind them that I'm an asshole. Yeah. That's right. Cha cha. Yeah. It's like, it's like King Tut and Common coming at you from the fucking backside. <laughs> Even that was too, too uh, much common yeah, yeah. of a reference. I need another, uh, can we get another king from a. Uh, one of my Ramses oh, yeah, over still, here? One yeah. of my uh, Ptolemy. Uh, earn. Yeah. Um, you guys, uh, I, I'm excited that you that you were doing like a Smodcast uh, version of At Midnight. Yeah, we're very excited about it too. I was we're so excited. To, they, it, it was. Uh, I'm happy to claim credit for that idea. It's pretty smart. Well, I, I, it's not even. I, it wasn't. There wasn't anything strategic about the decision. It was just like I really like those guys, and I think. I also think that. Our show it works especially well when everyone on the panel are buddies. Yeah. And so when you guys all know each other, that's like the engine of the show, the game show part of the show is just to get you guys in the same place and interacting and yeah. then all the interaction stuff is really where the show is. That's what we're looking forward to is the three of us being on stage and be able just to cut up and have a good time and make fun, you know, of each other as well as you. It'll be f- uh, wait wait what? <laughs> what's the- that's my favorite what's part. What's ahead? <laughs> well, you know what's so funny is how people try to start you know, and, and I, I like like uh, people out in the in the Twitterverse, people in the audience will try to start shit, and I think they do it because they think they're trying to help and be your buddy. But you know, <laughs> someone said, um, "Whoa, Ke- Kevin Smith took a shot on uh, Comic Book Man in Hardwick," and I was like, mm. "I'm sure he didn't." I mean, like I'm, yeah. I know enough to know, like right. you know, he loves you. It wasn't, yeah. it, you know. And so when I found out what it was, is that he basically came and said, "Welcome to the only show on AMC not hosted by Chris Hardwick" or something right. like that. Right. Which that was, I, by the way, a respectful. Like it was a really funny. You it work was a really lot. Funny. Which is good. It was really funny, but there were a handful of people that were determined to like make it a thing. Did you see yeah. what he said about you? I yes. Also, he's right. There's two <laughs> hosted shows on the network. That's right. His is the other one. Yeah. So it's you know it. it I feel like some of that is a little bit of other people just kind of poking and going, "Hey, you fucking hear? You fucking hear?" They love it. I mean, especially on Twitter, they love the. It's empowering. It's empowering for a person to because then you have that other guy's attention. What did that guy say? Kevin and I left uh, the John Lovitz Comedy Club on bad terms when we left uh, that place up at Universal before we moved to the Improv to do our Hollywood Babylon show. And when you went to do the podcast with Lovitz, oh, I saw those. Everybody was dumping us saying, "What's Hardwick doing? I thought he was your buddy, but he's going and he's going to spend time with Lovitz." And you had no. Idea I didn't about have any, any idea. I was totally not. And we up to didn't speed think it. for a minute that there was any sort of. So you know, I, you know, I DM'd Kevin. And I sent I sent Kevin a direct message. And I was like, Oh my god, I didn't know anything happened, and I'm I, I just didn't know, you know. But but yeah, there were a handful of people that tried to make a. How could you do yeah, that yeah, to your friends? Don't I'm like, you know what? I wasn't. Did. I wasn't. You know, so I feel like so much of what we do is. Is you know trying to be supportive and and friendly and cool, and, you know, to yeah. make people happy, and then when still people are like, How dare you? Yeah. Like I didn't. <laughs> There are actual evil people <laughs> yeah. in the world. I'm just dumb, so I didn't know. One time, one time, like uh, on my other podcast, you know, like I, I made fun of like uh, I was making fun. Of, I love this this dumb bit that Corolla does, where he's just talking about ketchup packets, and I was like making fun of like all the other small things, like you know, chopsticks not being able to be pulled apart, like you know, like all the things he would keep on. And right. I was doing like a, like just like a silly impression, and went down a rabbit hole. Of it, and it's not like it wasn't making fun of him. It was just making fun of like like how much smaller could you get of like stuff you're getting angry at, right? Which is like his that's, that's his stick, yeah. yeah. And I loved it, and I was just goofing off. And then there was like these people going like tweeting at Chris, going, "You better get your boy in check because he's like <laughs> he's taking down. How dare you let that happen? Corolla like fucking let you. He got you started." And I was like, I was like, I don't understand. I was just. 
Just making jokes. Yeah, yeah. He is just he makes ignore jokes. everyone. Yeah. Ignore yeah. everyone all the time. Yeah. This is the only answer. The good, the bad, the indifferent. You just can't listen to any of it because it'll make you insane. I feel like yeah. sometimes... I feel like sometime, uh, I think we might be in about an hour. Yeah. I got the sense. Mm. <laughs> I've got podcasts. It's funny that you would go on my other podcast, and that's a thing that people say now. I know. Yeah, yeah, really. Don't worry. It felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I'm with my wife, <laughs> with my girlfriend, they're very different experiences. So, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I, I, I feel like we need to have you back on. I want to hear stories of you and Cordy and those guys all living together because I've there was there was some sort of like. You know, either someone shat in a pool table or dropped a condom in a pool table. There was a condom in a corner pocket of our pool table at the house. Yeah, after one particularly good party. Yeah, uh, not we were, a new condom. We were cleaning up yes. the next day, and a used condom was in the corner oh, pocket of the, of the pool God. table. Corner pocket. Yeah. See, that doesn't bother me. People get that reaction. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm, I'm glad they were safe. Whatever happened on that table, it happened safely. I think that's a good that's idea. Very considerate of you. Did you <laughs> yes. have to clean that up? Yes, I did. <laughs> was it you? Yeah. you picked it up. <laughs> Fine. You picked it up. We're all we're all humans, man. It's sure, all, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. And humans yeah. shit and bleed and cum yeah, and we're all fluids, from the same and it's up. gross. <laughs> the severed head that bugged me. Yeah. <laughs> with the severed with head a, with a used condom in it. That's that was right. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I just shoved it in the nose. It was weird. There was one in the neck hole. I don't yeah. know what happened. It was a yeah. crazy party. It was a totally yeah. crazy party. <laughs> yeah, the three of us shared that house, and Corolla was not the par- heavy party guy. Cordy and I were more of the guys who liked to party. So Adam was always had this sort of Amused, separate distance, and he was—he would just comment on stuff constantly, you know. Oh yeah, Cordy was a. By the time Cordy and I were working together, he was a refined Guinness drinker. Yes, it was very much. Oh yeah, get it. Cordy's now working over at um, Fifty One Mines, which is Mark Cronin's company that is actually producing my girlfriend's show for Sci-Fi. See, it all, it all comes, comes around. around. It all comes back around. Why are you staring at me when you say that? It all comes back around. <laughs> it all comes back around. <laughs> oh, my God, all these dead people just came back, and they're the same age they were when they died. There must be an explanation for this other than purgatory. That sounds like the no, following. It's purgatory. It's purgatory. It sounds like the following. <laughs> Maybe it's the end times. Does that, that bring up the following? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your following. <laughs> the following. Um, well, it's good to see you, man. And Thanks for I, having I'm, me. On, I'm man. super excited to have you uh, on the show, and then, and I always really enjoy coming back on the the Kevin and Bean show. It's, we love having you. I thought for the longest time that Kevin and Bean didn't want me on. Why would you think that? I don't know. It was just there was a period of like ten years where I didn't do the show, so I just <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why you thought that. <laughs> You know what? Now I think of maybe you thought that because they didn't want you on the show for ten years. <laughs> and then, and then I don't know. And then I guess it was all fine and something. And they were really cool. And you know, now I've, you know we've That's become weird. pals again. I, I wasn't aware of that drought, but oh uh, no, the, and the, the chant the, happened again. Not on my watch. No, there. and they've been great. And be, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll I've had lunch with uh, Bean a couple times, and you know, it's it's always nice to come in and, and see the guys. It really does feel like I don't know. It feels very comfortable for me there. Like even though we were in the Burbank building. Yeah, you right. guys are in the Venice building. It, it's still uh, well. That's not really Venice. I don't know what section of the Culver City ish. Culver I guess. Venice. It's Culver adjacent. Turbo. It's Turbo Venice. <laughs> it's just like the edge of Venice. <laughs> but uh, but I always like. I I don't know. I kind of like going there. It's just like I get very comfortable when I'm in a radio station environment where it's like I can hear the station being broadcast through shitty speakers somewhere. Yeah. And there's just posters on the walls that are just like these. Fucking time capsules of, oh yeah, the fucking um, uh, the, the 
That band that I haven't seen for a while. <laughs> Good reference. <laughs> the following. Just say the following. <laughs> the, uh, the band that I was uh, going the, the, for. The old, the old rock and rollers. <laughs> hey, look yeah, at those yeah, musicians. Yeah. Uh, hey, those guys. Their guitars hey. and their drums. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, oh, fuck. The band that I was trying to think of was... I, can't, I fucking it totally just escaped. Seven Mary Three. All right. No, I... Archers no, of Just as good. Just as Marcy good. Playground. I remembered what it was. I was singing Sex and Candy earlier, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I remember the band, so I'm going to redo the bit. Okay. Hi, right. look at the pose. I go, oh, yeah, Dishwalla. I remember hey! <laughs> Cat and Blue Cars. Cat and Blue Cars. Was that another one of those songs that referenced God as a woman? There was a real, like, crazy run of that in the 90s. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it was that one. It was that XTC song. It was a Joan Osborne song. Uh, what if God was one of them? But yeah. that wasn't a. Yeah, that was, I don't know if that was a Lady God song. That was just what if all God inclusive, was inclusive, sort of. What if God was just yeah, a slob? But it was, it was still mentioned. I'm still talking just about mentions. Well, and then I, also in the movie Empire Records, there was like a line of that the girl goes, I, I talked to God. She says, What up? I remember that always. I was like, Whoa, how progressive. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dogma, Kevin Smith's Dogma. Yeah. Dogma. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that was in that movie. Alanis Morissette comes yeah. out. Spoiler alert! Oh, Jesus oh, Christ, man! Oh, sorry. Hunt oh. nuns. But isn't it ironic? <laughs> That I brought it back to. Ouch. Come on. What? Ouch. What? Oh. That was a good bow on the end of the episode. Oh. That was a good... Are you okay? I'm all right. I don't think Ralph's I'm okay. A little winded. That joke, that joke was winded. like a jagged little pill. Hey! Yeah. You yeah. ought to know. <laughs> Better. Yeah. No, it was, you got it right. Yeah, well, no. I, I ought to know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fucking fuck. <laughs> uh, we'll call Kevin to be let them know you can't come into work tomorrow because uh, there was a... There was a you, Ralph was horribly injured in a bad pun. I was. Um, yeah. He's He's going to take. I've a couple lost days. a limb. Yeah, he's going to. He's going to be all right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. And I think you guys are on in March. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about that earlier. Yeah. I think it's March tenth or something. March tenth. Yeah. 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 Cool. We'll see you then. We'll have a good time. Thank you, Ralph Garman. I apologize for my uh, tardiness today. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming. We have a, we share a lot of listeners. Uh, we podcast do share a lot of listeners. listeners. And for invariably, they say, "When are you going to do Nerdist? You, you know, Chris, you should do that." So it's uh, it's. Uh, it's dream and wish fulfillment. You should come back on regular. Just come back on regularly and talk about whatever. It doesn't matter if, if you don't. If you're sick of talking about entertainment stuff, we can talk about uh, video games. No, it's a pleasure. I'd be happy to come back. Okay, good, good, good. Ralph Garman, a pleasure. Jonah Ray, a pleasure. Kyle, good night. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Enjoy your burrito. See. Thanks, kids. Thanks, Mr. Ralph Garman. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus, explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them. Up-and-coming rapper YNW Melly gained notoriety in the hip-hop world for his shocking lyrics and criminal exploits. When two of his best friends were gunned down in a drive-by shooting, investigators suspected the young rapper staged the scene. But after not one, but two trials that ended in hung juries and new evidence that may place YNW Melly at the scene of the crime, his trial has been paused indefinitely. With countless twists and turns, Law & Crime covers all angles of the case and begs the question, is this young artist the victim of a witch hunt or a silver-tongued devil who's evil to the core? Listen to Murder on My Mind exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.